Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready for a digital dive? You're listening to the GZ Chop Shop Podcast, the weekly tech and gaming media podcast that breaks down the latest news, lore, and more. So plug in, because the GZ Chop Shop starts now. That's right. What's up, everybody? I am your host, Project Itachi, joined by my good friend and co-host, Warners. Welcome back to the GZ Chop Shop Podcast. So, as you guys know, uh, and also, can can we just take a moment to, to acknowledge that new sick intro that we got? That thing is... Uh, yeah, I like the intro. That intro is I like the intro. Fire. So, thank you, Music Radio Creative, for uh, whipping up that, that wonderful, wonderful intro. Thank you so very much. So, if you guys are trying to get some stuff for your own podcast, make sure to go check them out. They, 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 really, they really kill it. Um, so what are we going to be talking about this week uh, for our return episode? Well, not too long ago, the Game Awards happened. And you know, there was no way we were not going to discuss the Game Awards. But we are not going to talk about every category that was covered at the Game Awards. Because quite honestly, uh, there was just so many categories and there are just some new things in there that I just feel like they they just don't make sense in the Game Awards, but I feel like they throw it in there to make every crowd that they can happy. Like the best community support? Like the best community support. When when all of them are massive multiplayer online games or FPS games and every single one of those communities are toxic, it, the, the, it should be called the least toxic community. Award. Yeah. That's what it should be. That, should, that be should be the one. Winner. Yeah. That, 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 that would be a category that makes sense. Um, but what we want to talk about, and it's because we are huge, huge fans of it, and there's a huge fandom and hater fandom. I, I, yeah, they're their own fandom because they love to hate. Uh, the game of the year. And I think we predicted it. We Well, I won't say we predicted it, but we were extremely hopeful. And I think we were both on the same page of if it didn't win, we would rage. <laughs> But we are so glad that it won. Elden Ring took game of the year. As it should have. As and it should have. And I said what I said. As it should have. Or any bullshit. Um, and first of all, huge congratulations to FromSoft taking that award home two years in a row. Because they took it home the year before with Sekiro. Mm-hmm. And then they took it home again in this past December. For Elden Ring. And don't forget that Demon Souls back in 2000, I think, nine won Game of the one Year. Game of the Year. Demon's Souls. Is, is. And then <laughs> and then Dark Souls 3 won Game of the Year. 
FromSoft does not play when they come. They put out quality games. You can you can complain, you can whine, you can throw it like whatever. They put out quality games. Yeah, a hundred percent. And let's let's look at the the description here for Game of the Year. What does it say? It says recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. Guys, I love God of War. I love the entire franchise. They're great games. The these last two ones that they've made in 2018 and then Ragnarok, graphically they're amazing, storytelling is great, but let's take a step back and be honest for a minute. At the end of it all, it's just another God of War game about Kratos getting revenge or going out and killing gods. The mechanics, they change, but they're within the same realm of the like what the game is, the combat. It's it's more so the same. It's improved. But there's nothing that there's no significant change in creative or technical areas. It's just another great sequel. They didn't do anything innovative. They're just up to the times compared to God of War 1, 2, and 3. Again, they're great games. Elden Ring created a beautiful, gorgeous game. Like, there's no dispute there. It's, it's, it's a gorgeous game. Open world, RPG, which you just don't see that ever. You know, mo- most RPGs are, you know, fairly linear. I mean, even... um. God, what what game was it? What fuck? I can't remember for the life of me what game it was. Uh, you got we, a, a developer name by chance? <laughs> <laughs> My mind went blank. I'll think of it later. Anyways, uh, but Elden Ring delivered in creativeness and technical areas, like by far. There's no there's no dispute there. So I feel like a lot of people that are getting angry about the God of War not winning. I'm glad that you're fans of it. I'm glad you like the game as much as me, if not more, but look at what the requirements are for a game to get game of, of the year. It's not just, is it a good game? Is it a fun game? Is it a good sequel? Is it the most popular game? That's not always the case. They got to meet the criteria and God of war simply did not. That does not mean it's not an outstanding game. Yeah. Yeah. I played God of war 2018 and I, I, Played it over like the span of uh, of two weeks. And on my very first playthrough, on my very first playthrough, I platinum the game. I literally, as the end credits rolled for the fir- first time across my screen, my platinum trophy popped. Um, and it, it, and it, it was amazing because it felt like it was designed to be done that way on purpose. And it, it added a little bit more like, depth to the adventure i was doing but at the end of the day it was a very linear adventure my story was predetermined i was just playing it out the actions i took were basically predetermined um the only thing i really when i sat back and thought about the only thing i really had control over was how i executed my opponents literally (laughs) at the end of the day that's what it really came down to what armor I wore and how I went about it. Was I more of an ax guy? Was I more of a chain guy? Was I more of a shield guy? Did I want to fight range or close up? That was the only thing I really had 
uh, control over. And even that was limited because it was only like four selections. Um, but the world, yes, the world was beautiful getting to walk, you know, this Norse mythology, uh, God of War version of North mythology was great. Which that that's something that we've talked about before is the the level of knowledge that these developers really like truly have when they develop games like this and they have to bring in mythology and lore from other, you know, countries or backgrounds or civilizations from around the world and and historically, which is truly outstanding it's so cool to see them bring that kind of stuff in that that's really impressive but it's also make games on that level it's also risky because you have those history buffs those mythology buffs who are 100 percent purists and then you have those who don't understand the core material that they're pulling from that may have watched prime example Thor, the big Thor controversy when God of War Ragnarok first was announced and people first got a glance at Thor, everyone thought it was going to be the Chris Hemsworth Thor. That tells you a lot about the fandom, by the way. That tells you a lot about the, the, the same fandom that's throwing a fit about wanting God of War to win Game of the Year was also the same fandom throwing a fit about wanting basically the Marvel version of Thor versus the lore accurate version of Thor that. And, and, and God of War has been really good about, I, I'm not saying they're lore accurate to a T, but compared to a lot of games and, and definitely movies, very accurate. And they really bring that, uh, they, they bring that history and lore to life. And, and, and once again, I think another reason God of War probably could not win is because this would have, it would have set a standard that you can you don't have to be as original. And I'm like I said, I'm not shitting on God of War. I am a God of War fan. I have been since way back in the PlayStation 2 days. The thing is, at when you take apart everything they've done, what you what you have to remember is they took an already established mythology and they just put their character in it and made the world acknowledge him. Because when you think about it, all of the people he interacts with, all of the gods, all of, they're established in lore. Even his own son, it's low. That's already the lore. They just put Kratos in it. They created their character and they said, hey, let's just throw him in this world, this mythology that's already thousands of years old, and we can work with that. That takes half the work off of them because all they got to do is figure out how do we make these guys interact with the character we created. And I, I will say, though, that um his character growth from the first three and then going through the recent two uh god of war games have been stellar like that that was solid character growth he went from like bent on revenge and and rage to you know getting older getting wiser uh kind of knowing when to use the rage and knowing when to stay calm and you know, be a father um, and take control of a situation. And he's just grown a lot as a character. And I, I think that's something that they should get props for. They didn't just keep him the same angry, you know, rage seeking character. Yeah, I, I agree. But that's also, you know, <clears throat> character development, definitely great in games. Um, 
but against something like Elden Elden Ring, where basically your character's growth is based off of you. Your actions you take matter. It's not a linear game. It's not linear. Like you had no influence on Kratos's growth. You may have not agreed with all of his decisions, but it didn't matter. You were playing a story that already happened in hindsight. It already happened. You're just going about it in a way of your own pace. That's that's the only difference. We're in Elden Ring. You can end that game as fast as you want or as slow as you want. And the choices you make in between there or not determine how that game ends. And I think the issue that a lot of people had, and I'm not saying it's just the God of War fans are mad, but people who just didn't understand uh, a FromSoft game in general are a lot of people who came in and they expected to just be this, they expected it to be handed all of these things on a silver platter. They expected a story to be handed to them on the silver platter. They expected good weaponry to be handed to them on the silver platter. And then they stepped out and came face to face with the first tree sentinel in Elden Ring, got their asses kicked, rage quit, and probably never came back. Which honestly, the the feedback on Elden Ring in that regard tells me a lot about the uh the type of gamers we have today where they don't read people want to just go through the game and be able to say, I beat it and platinumed it, mm-hmm. but they don't read. They don't, they don't interact with the characters if they don't have to, they just fly through as path as fast as possible. But if you play Elden ring and you, you get into it and you, you set out to actually look for things, interact with characters and you read the things that they're saying, you listen to them. There is a story there. And I think it's the mystery and the discoverability in the game that you have to, that, that it's your responsibility to set out and find this information and, and bring this world and, and learn, learn what's going on. Yeah. Elden Ring, FromSoft created it in an entire open world meant for you to explore, meant for you to make mistakes, meant for you to understand why the world is the way it is. And for you to use your own personal beliefs and your own justifications, not just to be a completionist, but for you to make a decision. Now, how should this world end? Because you and I can play together, but your world ends differently than mine because your personal beliefs, you might side with who everyone else considers the baddie bads. But because you've accepted <laughs> every time, I'm thinking right now, every single time that you've been in my world and you see me grab my merchant and just go, all right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew it would all just go to that. The Yeah, well, you exactly. But they it would just go to one area. I wouldn't have to like go out and find to, it. So I just started massacring. You just started I was massacring. good. My, what was the first thing I did in my first world? You killed my first pale face. First guy. He was so fucking rude to me i walk out i'm new to this world i don't know what's going on and this guy just fucking comes at me sideways with the attitude talking about you have no made you're maidless he's not wrong i smacked him in the face right like bitch like who are you talking to like that i didn't expect you didn't just smack him in the face you impaled him 
I didn't expect him to like turn red and like come after me. So I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I can leave the game. Right. No. And come back and it resets <laughs> from soft said, Nope. Decision's been made. So I came back. I murdered him and locked myself out of a quest line. Yep. <laughs> and you called it too. I was like, ah, he's fine. He's the first guy. Fuck him. You're like, no, I guarantee you locked yourself out of a quest line. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, I, I did. Yep. So, yep. Um, and then I was, I was good for the rest of the first playthrough. I was be, I was well behaved. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to see, I just want to get through this game and I don't want to cause any problems. Mm-hmm. Um, probably already a bounty you know, <laughs> on my head. So my second playthrough, I started just massacring everybody. I didn't care. I was like, I am a pirate now. <laughs> yeah. Your, your world is always dark and gloomy. It's always nighttime. Every time I go to your world and I'm like, what is, what is this? Why, why are your, all your worlds so toxic <laughs> i'm i'm eins al gone in my fucking world apparently right <laughs> apparently but you know that's the, but that that conversation right there is proof of what made elden ring so memorable the so amount iconic. of characters you could literally make characters from any movie or world mm-hmm. that you like if you, whatever character you wish you could be and like kind of live through vicariously you could create mm-hmm and it, it, that was so awesome to me. And I, I don't know if you know this, but you know, armor, I'm a huge fan of their, uh, their armor core games. Mm. They're, they're not, they're, they're much more niche than the souls games. Like they're, they have oh, a very they, they, yeah. smaller following, but they're fun. And a lot of people don't know this. They have a lot of weapons in armor core that are the same name in the souls games and in Elden ring. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but they, they have a lot of crossover names and a lot of crossover weapons. They don't, the weapons don't necessarily do the same thing. Uh, but I know the dark, it's just really cool to me that a lot of their, their, their worlds are connected, uh, at least in that sense. Yeah. The dark moon makes a way in like all of their games since like way back in the 2d era, mm-hmm. the dark moon is like famous. Everyone knows when a FromSoft drops a game, they're like, all right, where's the dark moon? Where's the, and there's, <laughs> From from Soft is making a new game now, and they're making a new armor core. A new armor core. I think the last on, one was so. five. Yeah, that was yeah, like so two it's, gens it's, ago. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. So they're they're bringing the they're bringing it back, and I think they're going to do a lot better now uh, with the gaming industry being what it is now versus yeah. then. Um, there'll be a lot more people that will be able to get into those games and see how enjoyable they are because they are a lot of fun. Armor Core Five was was honestly my favorite. I loved Armor Core Five. Uh, and uh, like I, I'm, a, I'm a huge FromSoft fan because FromSoft. This is this is something we've always talked about. FromSoft, they don't deviate from their formulas. They don't bend the knee to anyone, investors, any. They do no. what they set out to do, and they don't let outside influences change that. They don't let the gamers change it. They don't let the investors change it. They know what they want to do and they do it and they always win. And if anything, I feel like if no investor can approach them and go, well, what if you do this? Because FromSoft can go, uh, excuse you. When do we win uh game of the year? Oh yeah. 2009. Oh, uh, win again. Oh yeah. 2012. Oh, win again. Oh yeah. How many do we have? Do you see that shelf back there? Yeah. We don't need you. <laughs> yep. they, they don't, they don't. And I love that because, you know, and it's kind of like what you said earlier is had, had God of war one, it would have set a standard of, of gaming that is still a problem right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not to shit on, on God of war, but 
we want games that make us feel that the developers actually gave a shit about it. Mm-hmm. We want games that they're not just hashing out the same exact thing every single time they make a sequel or mm-hmm. or a or a new type of game or spamming. Um, uh, and I mean, being a hundred percent original is is very difficult in today's age with anything. Um, but Elden Ring winning game of the year tells the rest of the gaming industry if you want to if you want to make it if you want to stand out and make sales and and make people happy and all of that turns into you know financial gain of course for their hard work make good quality games and definitely leave out the microtransactions leave that shit out of here like you can do deals we have no problem with dlc as long as it's worth that $40 $40 price tag. And I will say mm-hmm. Dark Souls with their DLCs and all the you know Soulsborne DLCs have been worth it because it's almost like they made an entirely new game and sometimes the DLC was better than the original game and the original games were already phenomenal. And then people would get the DLC and they'd be like, "Oh my gosh, the bosses can be harder?" Let's talk about Destiny DLC real quick, right? Oof. That's that's the easiest one to shit all over. Okay? <laughs> what have some people like myself been doing since that game dropped in 2014 in Destiny, as Destiny 1, right? Mm-hmm. We, 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 we bought the base game. A DLC came out. We played it. The cycle continues all the way through Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 until now. What has every DLC offered in Destiny and mind you, the DLCs have been anywhere between 30 to 40 bucks. Not a single one of them have been less than, I don't think less than 30 bucks. No. Okay. I think a couple of them added a lot of content, but most of the content they added was shit. They could have just put in the game as an update. Yeah. But they made us pay for it. They literally made us pay to update their game and make some changes that they could have just done for free. Mm-hmm. Like, anyone else would have probably done mm-hmm. until destiny showed that they can make a lot of money from this. They don't, they add to the story, but I would argue that at least 50 to 60% of the DLCs minimum are rehashed versions of the story that's already been told, but they're trying to pass it off like another new part of the story but it's really the same shit that happened with a different alien race, you know, three years ago and they just keep rehashing it. And it doesn't really add like playability. It just adds a tiny bit of the story. Sometimes nothing. Sometimes it gives you no more of the story. It's just a random side thing that means nothing. So yeah, their, their DLCs are hot garbage, man. Cause they, they, they add like the fact that they were even up here as a contestant for some of these awards is, fucking disgusting to me man i think the reason they we see a lot of those games continuously pop up is because they're trying the industry is trying so hard to force us to accept the subpar expensive game route because once they normalize that it's a wrap once they can normalize hey no game is going to come out 100 percent finished anymore you're going to have to pay for it to be completed. You're going to have to pay for potentially all the things that you should have got in the beginning. And that's the norm. No one's going to contest it because everyone's now brainwashed and accepting it. 
That's what they're pushing for. That's why those games keep popping up. And the problem is we continue to support it. I, I don't know why. It's like this high for gamers because to spend money. The, the, the base the base game for Destiny is enjoyable. The storyline is I can at least speak for Destiny 1 and the first part of Destiny 2. The storyline was mostly continuous. Uh you got more of it uh, at the the earlier DLCs and but but the base game itself is it's fun. It's a fun FPS game. It's fun to you know go around and do all the things you can do. It, it's a fun game. But what they leave you with is hope. Every time they put a DLC out, it's hope that the story is going to continue. What they're doing is now that they've realized over these past few years how much money they can make off these DLCs, they're milking the storyline to the point where you're almost not even getting much of a continued storyline in the DLCs. They're just milking it for as long as possible and giving you as least as they possibly can every DLC to make sure that you're coming back and buying more and buying more and buying more. Yeah. It'll take destiny three, maybe to finish the storyline, which was a bad move to begin with. They should have kept it all just destiny and done what world of Warcraft did and come out with. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Expansions every few years to broaden and and, and broaden the range of the storyline in the world. That would have been awesome, especially as that would an have FPS been, game. Like what other yes. FPS game does that? Exactly. That would have been the best move. That would have made that game so much better and so much less costly for the player base. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that Destiny's not about you and me. It's not about the gamers of the fair the 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 player base. It's about making money. Yeah. And that's why games like that should never win game of the game of the year, much less any of these awards, by the way, because we should never let games like that get shown in the light that that's the standard. Yeah. And speaking of speaking of uh, us having an impact on the standard, what did you think about the people's choice? It's like the people's people's choice. Which one was that one? People, who, who that people's one? choice is kind of like a participation award, but it's the game that the people think was the best game and the people's choice best game. And I am not saying that it is a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying that. Oh, oh, was it Sonic? Uh, was it the nope. new Sonic one? Nope. What, what, what's the new Sonic game called? Sonic, Sonic Frontiers, uh, which looks Frontiers, like it's Frontiers, probably right. one of the best Sonic games coming. I'm out having a lot of brain years. farts today. Um, though the People's Choice game was Genshin Impact. 
Are you serious? Yeah. That was the People's Choice game. It, it beat it, out Elden a, Ring, God of War, all of the other games by a landslide. It's not that that's, it's not a bad game, but it's not a great game either. My whole argument for Genshin Impact, I said, you know why Genshin Impact had such a landslide? I said, it started as a mobile game. Everyone has a phone. So it was a more easily accessible game. Not everyone who had a console or had a PC thought to buy Elden Ring or had a PlayStation thought to buy God of War. But Genshin Impact is a free to download game that came out at a height of COVID during, uh, uh, you know, an, another lockdown. So, so when people were looking, is it full of microtransactions and stuff? It's a gotcha game. That's what it thrives off of. That's okay. why it makes I never money. played it. Like I never played. I've seen, I've seen gameplay. I've read a lot about it. I know mm. what it is, but I, I've never like downloaded it myself and gone through the game. It's basically an open world gotcha game, which yeah. like, I know that I know the storyline. Like I've, I've watched all the videos and, and all that, but yeah. And with the way they approached it was a little bit more. It it gave you more freedom than most microtransaction heavy mobile games where like you do this, this and this and like, oh, you're out of energy. Spend money. Genshin Impact doesn't really do that. You can play the game without spending. But if you want so, all the extra characters and all the extra costumes and all that stuff that most, you know, mobile gamers love, then you spend that money. And, you know, Jesus. And this goes back to what we've said in other episodes before about how we are the ones doing this to ourselves because apparently the entire, you know, gaming fan base, we are tired of microtransactions, right? Everyone pretty much agrees that we, we would like that to stop mm -hmm. and shitty DLCs. Yet. A game full of microtransactions won people's choice award. Mm hmm. <laughs> you are all the problem yeah we are our own problem and like i said i'm not saying it's a bad game but i said if it didn't come out during covid half of those people if you asked them what's another mihoyo game most of them would not even know the name and i'm like mihoyo is the developer they've made tons of games before no one apparently cared and then you know the argument oh well this is their best game how do you know did you play any of the other ones past i don't know the title screen Probably not. But when you were forced to stay in one spot, you dedicated time to something new. Those other games were no longer new. You wanted something new. We're, we're programmed to always want something new. And Genshin Impact came out around that time of COVID when everyone was bored and needed something new still. I said, and that's what helped skyrocket it to fame. I said, because they came out with like three, four games before Genshin Impact. One of my favorites is uh, Honokai Third Impact. Most people don't even know that game exists. And I'm like, if Genshin Impact had come out first and Honokai came out after during COVID, that game would have been the popular one. It was just timing. They just got lucky with the timing. And because it's easily accessible, I was like, it became the Fortnite for mobile gaming. <laughs> It basically is. It's the Fortnite for mobile gaming because Fortnite follows that same formula. I, you know, I, a part of me, you know, I just, I think back to when I was a kid and I had my Game Boy Advanced and I would have, it would have never occurred to me that games would 
become like get to the point where you could play them on the phone and they would have better graphics and better gameplay than even what I had as a kid on the Game Boy Advance. Yep. And yet it it sucks because I I want to love that I want to love I want to love the fact that there are mobile games like this that that they're beautiful games and they're fun. But the tran- the microtransactions just takes all of that away and waters them down so much. Yeah. And and I want to come back, come back to, you know, talking about the game of the year. Um, for anyone who was wondering who Elden Ring was up against, uh, they were up against uh, Plague Tale Requiem, um, obviously God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. The only game on there I don't feel belonged on that list. And like I said, I'm not panning, I'm not crapping on the game. I just felt that it just only got the support because of the kind of people that played it stray. Yeah. That game doesn't fit. I mean, it's a simulator. Yeah. And I I mean, simulators are fun. I played plenty of simulators. They're addicting as hell and it's a gorgeous game and it is a lot of fun to play, but I don't know. I guess because I hold on because on that same, on that same thing compared to other simulators, I would say that it does meet that that criteria of best experience across all creative and technical fields compared to all the other simulators I've ever played, at least. So for what it is and, and you know what it was for for us, I feel like it does at least touch like go into that criteria a little bit. Now, so I can understand <laughs> it making the list now. And this is where I guess I'll Horizon be. Forbidden West is the one I can't understand. Now, see, that's where I can understand Horizon Forbidden West. The reason I say I can't now, if they had a category for like best simulator, I say 100% Stray. Um, I think Stray made the list because just let's just be general gaming cat lovers. Now, I'm a cat person. And even I had to look cat at lovers. Stray. <laughs> even I was it like, it's a genre, though. It, it, it's it is a genre of like. <laughs> trust me people it's we've been gaming for a long time like there's a genre for a lot of shit out there y'all probably don't know yep so i'm like if they did for best simulator i made a category for it i mean they made categories for everything else they could make a category for that stray could have took that home stray is well, not a game quite of everyone is just going to pick up and play i don't see that as is it when you get it accessible to every everyone a hundred percent but why would I look on a store shelf and I got two options, Elden Ring, Stray. Why am I going to pick Stray? And I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just asking as a, a well-versed gamer. And I, I well, I, I think that's kind of the point, though, there is. People that that play simulators are people that they want to just relax and enjoy a beautiful world and just do things that aren't, you know, anxiety producing and, and mm-hmm. stressful. Same reason, you know, we go on our like satisfactory kicks and stuff, which mm-hmm. to be fair, I, I feel like making those factories is fucking stressful, but, <laughs> but they I, get I, stressful. I feel, like, I, I feel like like that, that would be why though is why would, why would a regular person pick stray over eldering? That would be why. Okay, now that yeah, now that I, I will say that is a fair that is a fair assessment. And it's, Elden Ring is stressful. Elden Ring it is a stressful game. It is it, it is, is a stressful it is fun. Game. 
Yeah. It is it is a thousand times more fun with a friend. But, but I will say <laughs> I will say this. Go back in time to the core purpose and creation of gaming and the original games. The original games weren't really meant to be stressless. I mean, even Pong was stressful. I I know where you're coming from, and I do agree with you, but you got to remember, like... It just pays back to the roots of, of gaming. Yeah, but... This is, this is, I will call out our generation for this. Okay. Uh, those of us that are like, you know, around, around 30, right. We, we were around in the, the, we were gaming in the, in the mid to late nineties and early two thousands. We grew up on all these new games that were innovative and changing things. It's hard for us to want to accept sometimes that the gaming industry and what people want are changing. And that is something that our generation isn't quite as good about good about. And I can see a lot of people being that way. I think you and me are a little bit, we're a lot more uh, flexible and versatile because we like all sorts of games, but people who, you know, maybe they grew up on games like, you know, uh, league of legends or the original Call of Duties, right? Bef- before there was all the, you know, crazy ass <laughs> s- mm-hmm. like slide stops and stuff yeah. you can do. You know, all the crazy mechanics and movements that are in games now. Um, the gaming genres and what we can do with games has has grown and widened and expanded so much that, you know, we, we got to get out of the mindset that, yeah, there, there's where did gaming start? Where did it come from? But we also have to be wanting to accept and and endure what what comes next with open arms, which I I feel like true gamers do. They 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 don't just play one genre and say this is the best genre. They play all games across all you know all genres and love games for what they are and what they can be. Okay. Just remember, in like five years, when straight or like two years when straight two wins game of the year, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna be pissed off. <laughs> hey, we're sitting here, and I'm just gonna. Look I'm trying at to you. play devil's advocate here, and 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 you know, just remember, shut up, because <laughs> you know it's coming. Straight, straight one best deb uh, de- debit. Wow, best debit, best debut uh, indie game and best indie game, which. How are those two separate categories? I mean, I guess like a game that's older could win best indie game, but. And then, and, and that's the other thing. Like what? Like I feel here's, here's the other reason. Like, who's adding shit just to make sure someone wins. Someone wins. Like Nintendo has their own category. They can't even lose. <laughs> but like, like I said, I don't, I'm not saying it's it's a it's it's bad i just feel it was not something to fit in the category for game of the year like simulators don't really have stories you play them at your own pace they might have lore that contributes to a story to explain why you're there but it's there like you said you just sit down and you play it's an escape from reality 
So yeah. I think they deserve their own category. It's yeah. a justifiable category. And th- and that's another thing too, is like these, these indie games and simulators and all, all these other games that do have their own categories to win in winning those categories does not mean that you're and, and not, not winning game of the year does not mean you're not an outstanding stellar game across all. Oh yeah. Definitely. Know, points that matter that you're not a 10 out of 10 game. Uh, you know, w- one thing I am glad that they added was content creator of the year when they started adding that. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is why, because the, the, the criteria for meeting that is for a streamer content creator who has made an important and positive impact on the community. That is so important right there because we have so many content creators out there that are hateful, that are shitty, that are crappy to their fan base, uh, that damn near stream porn. Yeah, we 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 already you know, know we've got, our head some names we would not see on that. So list. to have a category for just like people who are just making an, a positive impact on the community and in the streaming world, I, I think that that builds a platform and says this is the standard that you guys as content creators should meet. Mm-hmm. And I, I am very it just makes me happy that they, they made a, a, a section for them. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, now, when you were saying you were surprised about Horizon for Forbidden West, um, I Horizon Forbidden West built upon the success of Horizon Zero Dawn, and they didn't forget themselves. The problem is um, gamers and really showed their true colors on what they want and in not in a good way because horizon forbidden west from from what i've played so far i haven't finished it i liked it because it was like yo it's like zero dawn they didn't deviate from their formula too much and zero dawn was a really really good game like i was like immersed in that world um i was immersed in 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 aloy's journey and all of that but do you know the big controversy issue people had with Horizon Forbidden West? What? You're and you're gonna roll your eyes and you're gonna be so you're gonna be upset. It was worse than Spider-Man's Puddlegate. People were mad at Horizon Forbidden West because Aloy had too much hair on her face. And I'm talking not like beard. I'm talking like, you know, the natural little fuzzies you get on your face. Jesus Christ. So people went out of their way to graphically change her on like promo art to this version of a beautiful Aloy with lip highlight and no, the, no hair follicles. And I'm like, she lives in a dystopian universe. Makeup is the last thing those people care about. But they changed it to their version of beauty, female yeah. beauty. My reasoning had nothing to do with any of those things. <laughs> so, that's, so that's the reason people didn't like Horizon Forbidden West. So, God, people suck. <laughs> that was the thing. I'm dead serious. You can look Same that up. People think Fortnite and Destiny are the greatest games on the planet. Oh, you already know my feelings on the Fortnite fandom. And I, I'm, I just want to be clear: I don't think every Fortnite player 
is a bad person. I just think I do. You're all horrible people. You're all horrible. I just think 70% of you that swear by that game need to go touch some grass. <laughs> I can't I can't say that because what happened when I played Digimon Cyber Sleuth and Elden Ring, I was in my the fact that I held a job down at a hospital <laughs> on an ICU was impressive to me. Okay, but here's the question. Nobody heard from me for like three months. But here's my question to you, because you and I went on about a, a, I want to say almost a week long rabbit hole for Pokemon, right? And we resurfaced. But here's the question I want to present to you. How much money did you spend while you played Cyber Sleuth? I bought the game and that was it. Boom. How much money did you spend while you played Pokemon? The base game. Boom. Now, how much money do you think the average person spends playing Fortnite? And yep. we'll say in about a month, a month of playing Fortnite. Let's look this up right now. <laughs> I, there's probably an answer. Let's see. Average money spent <laughs> monthly on Fortnite. On Fortnite. I'm pretty sure there's a number. The average. Nope. First thing that popped up here, the average Fortnite player who has spent money on this game spends an average of 84, 67 a month, $84. Who is funding these people? $84 a (laughs) month to play this. Now I will say to play the game, $84 a month to add to their visual enjoyment of the so game if you if you scroll down like this google sh- search I, I i just googled average money spent monthly on Fortnite. that's it if you scroll down the number stays roughly the same there's quite a few that say 8467 but there's one here that says uh it, it's from may of 2021 and it says uh that the average was 10242 us dollars so be- basically between 80 to 100 no less than $80 your average Fortnite player is spending now hold on let's 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 lowball this <clears throat> let's do some some simple math here let's just say low end $84 they play every month they are spending $1008 a year for their enjoyment of Fortnite now let's divide that by the average cost of a game by its old price. No, let's divide it by the cost of the new price of $70. That's 14 games they could have bought. 14 games. So one game a month. That's literally one game a month. Ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I'm more like pissed about here. Like the fact that people complain about transactions, microtransactions in games, and then continue to do this shit over and over and over. And then are like, Oh yeah, Fortnite's amazing. Or the fact that somebody's running around with this much fuck you money, <laughs> like whatever. Anyways, yeah. my reasoning with, um, not thinking that, um, horizon, that horizon, horizon forbidden West should have should have won game of the year or really been on the list is because not because it's not a good game it's a good game i i have not gotten to finish it either but i did finish the first one i've I've played i think maybe halfway through 
the the, the, the frozen wild the second one um it's a beautiful game and all that the storyline's great so far but does it meet the criteria of best experience across all creative and technical fields i'm gonna fall back on that because <laughs> it is a sequel the mechanics are the same the everything's the same it's just a continuation of the story same thing for god of war ragnarok it's the same as the other four god of wars there's been some changes slight changes the game looks amazing once again you know whatever there's a lot of great things about the game but does it meet that criteria no yeah you know but it's when me. you break it down like that now that makes sense because yeah we can't hold god of war to uphold that standard and then let Horizon Forbidden West get a pass. Yeah. When it's literally in the same situation as God of War as a sequel to an already established world, X, Y, and Z, when Elden Ring brought a whole brand new fresh world to us. So, yeah, by that, okay, yeah, that argument I understand uh, completely. But let's let's turn it over to the listeners what do you guys think did you guys watch the game awards uh are you watching the the pretty much the show notes and what do you guys think who do you think should have won game of the year do you agree with elden ring winning do you think god of war should have won do you think a different game that wasn't even on the list should have been on that that lineup entirely we would love to hear your thoughts uh leave your comments on our website osn-media.com click on shows go to dg chop shop podcast and right there at the top you can submit your thoughts to us and we might mention it in a future episode we'd love to hear your guys thoughts on this also make sure to check out the merchandise store as well we got new merchandise coming out monthly now so go and check it out the gzshop.com and also if you want to get these episodes pretty much the next day or if not the same day we record them and get them ad free support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash osm media get tons and tons of perks access to all of our subscription exclusive uh tiers everything basically anything we have a subscription for by becoming a patreon you are automatically granted access to all of that with just one subscription plus you get exclusive codes to the merchandise shop just for being a patreon so think about supporting us and uh we thank you guys so without further ado that is the end of our podcast you guys have been amazing thanks for spending some of your time with us take care of yourself and each other catch all you wonderful people next podcast later Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everyone? Project Itachi here. Did you enjoy the show? If so, think about supporting us on Patreon or ACAST for exclusive perks, content, and more. Also, visit our store, thegzshop.com. You can find all of our links on our website, osn-media.com. 
Until next time.